What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Athletic Power Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Ramirez, and we're going to summarize how I was able to drop my 10-minute pace to a 7.30. Just saying that, I mean, I'm astonished. I'm not surprised. I'm Well, I am surprised, too. I'm surprised, astonished, you name it. All the fields in the world. I accomplished something that, for me, was quite remarkable. I've never really seen that type of results in any other part of my life, in a sense. But this all had a tactic. And my tactic was to double down on my mentality. But before I get into that, let me give you guys a little bit of background just so you guys can get up to speed and you guys get a little bit more substance of how I got here. When I was five years old, I started playing baseball and I played baseball up until I was in high school. Ultimately, I wanted to pursue that professionally and this is a very key, key part of the story. And it just didn't happen. One, because at that time, my mindset hadn't evolved to how it's evolved now. And I thought like any other person, there's too much competition, you know, a lot of self-doubt. I had it in me to say I could, if I really work hard, make it. But like I said, my mindset wasn't very rigid at that time. So I got to the field, I got bored, and my motivation and my discipline after that took off. So I started getting into filmmaking. I loved it. I still love it till now. And that's ultimately what I do. I film a lot of events, mainly sports, sport events. Well, I might get into weddings, but I film too many weddings throughout my life. I might film a lot more, (laughs) but that's when things took a turn. I started getting into bodybuilding and fitness. I started, like any other story, a kid walking down the aisle looking at magazines and seeing all these guys all jacked and stuff and curiosity just started spinning and I wondered how they got so big and so aesthetic and a work of art and all that stuff but that ultimately led me to the path that I'm in I'm in now and at that time I decided to double down in my foundations because you can't buy motivation you can't buy discipline you can't go to a pharmacy and ask for pills to give you to build these mental foundations like a mindset there is no way in hell you have to build it on your own and I could give you guys a few tips along the way and that ultimately ties into what I've accomplished so far so that took me roughly around 10 years to double down to get everything in line like saying more or less lining up my ducks 
in a row. And getting everything situated, my sleep, my nutrition, my rest, all those things. And rightfully so, I failed. I felt a lot. But I didn't lose hope. I didn't lose hope and I never lost the ambition, the motivation. And little by little, things started presenting themselves in my life. I was always the type of guy that woke up around 10, 11, 12, 1 or 2. <laughs> yeah, 2. Absolute latest on the weekends. And my parents would be like, oh yeah, just keep sleeping. But at that time, I was in a very, very, very different ambient. And I always told myself, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to be a morning person, blah, blah, blah. And when you flip the script and start talking positively to yourself... You start accomplishing things that quite honestly amaze you. And little by little, I started becoming a morning person. <clears throat> I will have to give respect where it's due. Um, one of my ex-girlfriends helped me become a morning person. And I'm, that's, that's something that I get to have and carry for the rest of my life. And it's actually really changed the game, my game. It's changed my dynamic a lot. And it's easy for me to say, oh, if I need to wake up at 3, 4, 5 in the morning, I could do so. I have that switch. I didn't back then. And your body needs to adapt. It needs to create those adaptations. Yeah, you could. You could wake up from one, from one day to another very early. But there's a lot of repercussions that come with it. Because I felt that. I was like, oh my God, this is this is living hell. Because you're so used to, your body's so used to a certain time. And that's a lot to do with scientific, scientifically, your circadian rhythm. You know, waking up from 10 to 6, I mean, that's, that's a far stretch. But from 10 to 9, oh yeah, feasible. From 10 to 8, uh, okay. But anything further than that. I mean, your body's not adapting. So I learned all the, all the things, right? All those things that I needed to build fortitude and build the strength and mentality I needed to exceed in whatever I was involved in. And that was very particular to my career. That helped me out a lot in my career. I've taken my career to heights that, man, it's... I would have, I wouldn't imagine, but now I, I could definitely imagine a, a much broader future being able to make these, applying these things that I've worked so hard. And obviously that comes with hanging around those people in the fitness industry, hanging around those people that you know, show up to a gym daily. And that's kind of where where I was born. I started showing up because rightfully so, when you're seeking a certain result, you got to show up every single day. And not to mention your nutrition. I mean, that comes along with sleeping, nutrition, rest, and all that stuff. So I worked on all those things. I worked on all those things. And, you know, life is a very interesting journey. It's actually... Um, 
my sister says it. Los tiempos de Dios son perfectos, and they truly are. There's a lot of things that are going to happen, and I've thought about it less and less, why certain things happen, how they happen, or how people say, why does it have to happen to me? I don't really think about that anymore. It's just things need to happen a certain way just to ultimately guide you to your destination. So I have surgery, life-changing surgery, which will be another podcast, but I'm just going to touch on it very, 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 very slightly because this was the biggest life-changing obstacle that came my way that brought me to or presented me to running. I had four hernias in my stomach, and this is why I'm not a bodybuilding guy anymore. I mean, to a certain degree, I'm like, that's cool. Before, I was super in love with it, but there's just too many drugs that these people use. The egos are super inflated. I mean... These people think they're Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Angelina Jolie, but rightfully so, and and their own little small niche. Yeah, they could have two hundred thousand followers, blah blah blah, a million, and they think they're on top of the world. It's a sad reality, to be honest. <laughs> it's it's very sad seeing these people sometimes, but that's why I decided to. After that happened, I'm like, yeah, no, that didn't serve me well because I, I see it a lot still to today, you know, kids doing nonsense, more nonsense than before. And, you know, you get advice from people that you think is going to help you, but in reality, it doesn't really help you. And there's just a lot of misinformation in a sense. There's a lot of misinformation and more than anything, all these big bodybuilders take drugs and people, some people hide it, some people don't. But a lot of people still to this day, you know, hide what they take. And it's it's a very untruthful environment. Full of lies, full of betrayal. And I could definitely go within that route because that happened to me in October. I'm not going to go into that. I'm not even going to touch upon it. That could probably be an episode uh, a few months from now. But yeah, I had the surgery and I had a year to, well, I took a year to recover. I went very, very slow. I, I didn't have a rush to get well quick, honestly. I just wanted to get well to the point where this is not going to happen again. And people were like, wow, it took that long. Yes, it took that long. That discomfort was there for a very, very long time. And I gained weight. I gained weight. I would I would say healthy weight, but I, I, I lost all my, well, now I didn't lose all my muscle, but I was, a, I was com- a completely different entity. And bodybuilding really just messes with your head. It really does because you see yourself in the mirror and you're just like, man. You know, I had shoulders, I had chest, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't matter, honestly. To the way I see it now, it doesn't matter. But at the time, my mind was so disturbed in that perspective that I needed to see myself a certain way. Little by little, you know, I started just to kind of drift away because I realized they had really... And it didn't do anything... Okay, I will say it did do something very important for me, and that was the discipline part. 
you know, showing up and obviously working hard and all that stuff. But the rest of the, like the rest, it, it didn't serve me because, you know, I was just lifting and, you know, the, my ego was so big that I got for hernias, <laughs> rightfully so, because I was trying to just lift weight that I, I was lifting, but not with the proper technique, you know, just to fulfill my ego. And yeah, it was terrible. Now that I look back at it, it's just like, well, it's a living, it's a learning lesson. So I finally started recovering very well. And I started walking and, you know, I started jogging. And next, you know, I started running. It took me a while, but I finally got there. And, you know, I started enjoying running. As a matter of fact, I've, I ran all my life since I was five in baseball, but not distance-wise, a lot of sprints from first base to second base and all that stuff. And I used to play outfield, so I chased the ball, but very short sprints, small small distances in at a fast pace. So I started running. You know, my dad always told me to run, and I never used to listen to him. And then I think that was, a for me at that time, I said, man, I can't lift any weights. I, I just got surgery. You know, doctor said, you got to take your time. You know, make make sure this thing heals properly and 100%. So I had no other choice than to start walking a lot. And I mean a lot. And then start jogging and then running. So next thing you know, I started picking up the pace. And little by little, I started getting a little competitive with myself. I've always been very competitive. And I think... I could talk in regards to most of us, but, you know, in high school, I mean, the one mile is the standard, right? You want to make sure you run that mile as fast as you can. And that's, that's a thing <laughs> that, that was my thing too. I started getting faster. I started running more. I was like, Oh, cool. I'm running one mile finally. And then you get to two miles and then you get to three miles and so on and so forth. And next thing you know, once you start getting to five miles, you want to start running each and every mile faster. And it's just a snowball effect. Little by little, you just start getting very competitive with yourself and you start enjoying it. And it there is such thing as the the runner's high. It's 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 a true, true thing. It's a real thing that happens. Oh, once you start building up to the five, six, seven miles, and a lot of people want to seek that, but that shouldn't be the purpose why you start running and it happened it happened to me without even knowing what the hell it was i start i just started really feeling better i was just like wow after a five six seven miler i felt unbelievably amazing and i i didn't know it was runners high and then i started looking into it and yeah rightfully so that's when people say oh you're endorphins you're you know you're your feel-good molecules and all that stuff. That's a different podcast, but yeah, I started feeling amazing, amazing. And next thing you know, I started running more often. I started running daily. I started just, you know, putting on my shoes. I'm, I'm going to go for a run with Woody. You know, I started taking Woody to go run with me. And yeah, sure enough, I started I started talking to myself and saying, how about you You do a half marathon? I've never done an event. How about you You do your first event? You do You do a half marathon. And for the longest time, I talked I, I talk to myself about doing a marathon. 
when my cousin was doing it at that time. And, you know, at that time, I wasn't mentally ready for that. I wasn't. But, I mean, I was working out, and I felt that I could I could do it. But, huh, man, it's a different, that's a different beast. Anyways, I started getting better, and you start getting very serious at a certain point. You start getting very serious about it because, I mean, you feel good. You start losing weight. You start, it, it really surprises you because you start tackling these paces that you you never, ever done before. And I never done that type of running, and especially the pace. I mean, the the fastest, I mean, the fastest mile I ever done in high school is probably like a 740, which wasn't too bad. But that was, man, that was putting all the gas, all the gas. <laughs> and now I do that for reps. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. And, and, and it just keeps getting faster and faster. I look at my legs. I'm just like, you guys? You guys take me on a journey this fast. It's, it's, it's so crazy. But I will say this. To get to this level, you have to mentally, I mean, be there 110%. How I was able to drop my 10-minute mile to a 730 was by having such a rigid mentality because... The way I thought about it was if I really, really, really want to be competitive with myself and just start, you know, dropping those times, I need to get a coach. I never believed in a coach before. But I told myself I'm not going to get any younger. So I would want to hire somebody that knows what they're talking about, that knows what they're doing, and not waste my time in a sense. And instead of trying to think that I know how to get faster, I would actually have somebody detailing me the workout and showing me exactly how to get faster. And I I did that. I actually hired a coach. His name is Carlos Santiago. I've had him for a year since I started. And I promised myself. And I said, all right. You're gonna you're gonna make your income, and you gotta make sure your coach is on deck. Like, obviously, nutrition and pain rent and everything, but that's my promise that I made myself. I'm gonna get faster. I have my mentality ready to run a 420. <laughs> my body's not ready to run a 420, <laughs> but I have it to that level already. I have my mentality to that level. And whatever comes my way, I know for a fact I'll be able to accomplish it because I've built my mindset so like laser sharp that no matter what uncomfortableness or the, the uncomfortable situation I'm in during the training, I know I could tackle it head on. So Carlos, we use an app called Training Peaks. He sends me what I need to do weekly, and I follow it. So every time I go into the app, he lays out the plan for me. And he's in Mexico, so we talk through WhatsApp. We communicate through there. And 
sure enough, I started running. I started, you know, day by taking it day by day. As a matter of fact, I wanted to do a triathlon and I did triathlon training for about three months and I stopped and I can't say why I stopped, but I told him that I'm able to do running 100%. That's the one discipline I'm I'm not going to let go, running. So after three months, we changed, he changed the program just to running. And I will, I will tell you this guys and girls. In order for you to start running faster, you would have to be extremely uncomfortable. And I mean, the level of uncomfortableness in that space is level 100. And I'm not lying. And I'm being very, very serious. There's about seven stages of running. I mean... I won't be able to name them on top of my head, but like tempo runs, recovery runs, uh, VO2 max, uh, aerobic, um, anaerobic uh, threshold. Damn, I'm missing two. But anyways, there's seven categories. And you have to make sure that throughout the week, I work out six days a week and I take Mondays off, which today is Monday. I take Mondays off. I I did a workout. I did a core. I did, you know, some very lightweight. And when I started running, a lot of the workouts were mostly like the VO2 max, meaning for two to three minutes, you have to hit a certain pace and sustain that pace across the board evenly and then rest for about one or two minutes and then do it again you know, four, five, six times. And from the very beginning to the very end of the set, it needs to be at that same pace. So mentally for me, I wasn't too familiar with the science, but I knew in my head, okay, since I've I've been working out for a long time, I've seen different workouts, different, you know, set ranges, rep ranges, blah, blah, blah. It made sense for me to, in my head, without him telling me or giving me a kind of like a brief, he just sends me the workout and I just started following it. And then I would sometimes sit down and really think about this. I was like, okay, I think I need to have a pace like hard enough to where I could sustain six reps for four minutes. It's, it's a lot, a lot of math like that. And sure enough, you have to really okay so once i started hitting a track i would go at a pace and scan my body and say is this the pace that i could sustain for six rep for three minutes and i will keep going i will keep going i will keep going and then i was like okay yes i think this is the pace right here and it's a 80 percent pace well no 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 like a yeah, 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 80 percent pace, which is obviously twenty percent shy of a hundred. I could not, and you could not ever gun it until. Obviously, my trainer says you have to go at a hundred percent. This was always, at least on paper, it was like oh, four sets of this, and there is certain workouts that he will say you have to run for ten seconds for five times at a hundred percent. So for the most part, 
you're running slow and there's times where you you know do VO2 max meaning like your max effort those positions are very very hard because nobody's telling you to do this obviously but when you build when you build your why and when you set goals like me, I started, you know, my goal setting was a half marathon and I wanted to accomplish the half marathon in a really good time that I, I would feel good about. It takes that. And once you build substance around that, once you build your why, how, blah, 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 you start going at these, at, at these speeds. And it was the most brutal even till now. I mean, the stakes are just keep getting higher and higher, but I'm more used to it. And I'm able to adapt quicker. I'm able to, oh, wait, it's too fast, bro. You're not going to hang. All right. You got to, or, oh, it's a little too slow. Pick it up a little bit. I have that leverage. I have like, in a sense, like a volume knob. I could go up or down or stay. And it's hard hard when you're in that position and you're just you know doing your best to breathe doing your best to make every stride count what is right next to me and you're so zoned in on that oh my god it gives me the chills right now talking about it man it's unbelievable it hurts so bad but you know in your head this is the only way you're gonna get faster and that is the only way to get faster is by hurting and sometimes these positions are they hurt so bad because your muscles are not used to that but in order to build your muscles to sustain a certain threshold or to sustain a certain speed you have to live up you have to live in that speed for a couple seconds or minutes and then that's when far legs, that's a type of runs when you play with speed. You go three minutes and then you take a two-minute break. Okay, da-da-da, you're jogging, and then you go right back up. Man, it's cool. Honestly, it's fucking cool because the more you do it, like the beginning process is so tough. It is so hurtful, but the more you do it, Obviously, you're going to be so sore. I don't feel as sore anymore as before, but the beginning process is absolutely brutal. That's why a lot of people, I mean, give up because this shit fucking hurts. You know, in order for you to run faster, you need to have such a disciplined mind to tell you and to speak to you and say, this is just temporary, bro. You want to run faster? This is what it fucking takes. Keep fucking going. I got you. This is the type of mindset you need to build. You can't build like, oh, bro, no, you got you got to stop. Stop, bro, stop. And ultimately, that's naturally, that's what your body will tell you, you know, because it's hurting. You know, this is not the natural normal state of, of your body. It will say it's going to hurt. It's contracting the muscles so hard that they're ready. They're already sore. But once you've already surpassed that, once you've already, you know, gone through that wall and you're on the other side 
And the other side is telling you, your brain is talking to you and saying, this shit hurts, but I fucking got you, bro. This is what it's going to take. And I'm here to support you 1000%. I'm going to make all the adjustments. I'm going to, you know, have, you know, our immune system do this. I'm going to, you know, get the energy and store it over here. I'm going to send more fluids down there, blah, blah, blah. That's how your human body and your mechanism works. When you don't have those adaptations, obviously your body's just going to, like, that is not even going to work for you at all, at all, at all. When you don't have that mindset, when you haven't built to that degree, to that level, your body's honestly going to tarnish you and it's going to stop you in your tracks. Especially when you don't have the right nutrition, the right hydration. There's so many components to this. But once you, once you've checkmarked every single component, to get there, to run faster, making sure that your body's not going to allow you to stop in your tracks. It's going to support you every step of the way. It's going to have the nutrition to back it up. It has the rest. It has everything dialed in that the moment you're in this training, because that training window is only about 45 minutes to 50 minutes at most. I mean, it's very rare. It's upwards of an hour obviously long runs and stuff like that it is upwards of an hour but when it's when you it's when it's high intensity it's only about 45 minutes to 55 the most the most the absolute most and that window i mean you for me i think about my nutrition like how hard am i gonna go okay i look at my training i look at what i gotta do that day i was like holy moly okay i gotta i gotta eat my oats i gotta eat this that 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 that. oh and then let's just say oh it's a another it's another day and it's just recovery i was like oh okay cool it's recovery i mean it's i mean every run shit it, it requires you to show up at 100 percent but oh i don't need that many calories but then again, eh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat enough just as a backup. I don't really need the oats, but I'm just gonna eat, you know, my my natural, my breakfast, my lunch, and sometimes my dinner. I'll eat it or not, depending on how much fluids I eat, how many carbs I consume, and stuff. I'll sometimes eat two meals, or like I said, when it's very hard, I'll eat up to three or four. So that is more or less the mindset you need to come in to achieve faster times it's a very interesting dynamic because even in my daily life and my work and stuff i'm more rigid i have that edge because of running and i'm very grateful for that it it takes an enormous amount of pain to get here it really does (laughs) it's extreme uncomfortableness level 1000 <laughs> yes um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sprinkle freaking fairy dust on this it's fucking hard it's hard but when you achieve the times when you achieve fat when you when you when you lose weight when you when you're eating well and you're running faster and you feel better Like for me right now, I'm running 7.30s and I was running 10 minute, nine and a half minute pace. I was so slow. I was a little bit more overweight. I wasn't necessarily overweight, but I I carried more weight on me. Uh, I was working out, but my workouts weren't directed towards something. My workouts were just random. Like, oh, I'm going to do arms. Oh, I'm going to do chest. Like I ain't have a purpose. 
now I have purpose. Now I'm going into a gym, doing a lot of mobility work, you know, doing a lot more track work, workouts, doing a lot more like football drills, like quick feet, you know, doing a lot more aerobic workouts, meaning I'm moving my body more, full body workouts and all that stuff. Instead of just going in the gym, being like, eh, I'm going to do chest. And honestly, after a certain amount of time, once I reflect, I was like, man, I mean, it was cool that I showed up and I did these workouts. But, you know, if I had a purpose, you know, my coach built purpose for me. And up to, I mean, we're going to come in hard in 2024. And I, I reflected on it. I was like, man, I think this information would be very useful for anybody trying to get faster and i mean that's what it takes to get faster it, it takes a lot of sacrifice uh, as well a lot of sacrifice i mean for most people they want to run faster but they still eat junk food they, st they don't eat very nutritious foods or they're going out and they're drinking and stuff i don't drink i'll drink my tequila shots every six months or so it's like yeah all right cool but that's about it I don't go wild out or anything. I'm very disciplined in my time. You know, every weekend, you know, I hang out with Woody. I'm out climbing mountains. I'm out working out and stuff. And that's why I've made the, the progress that I've made because I've been very centralized in my efforts and making sure that I progress each and every day. Each and every day is an opportunity for me to keep growing, to keep making steps forward. And that's what I've done. I've doubled down on that, making sure that everything that I do from waking up, my habits, you know, drinking my hydration, eating a good breakfast or fasting, if that's the case, I'll fast sometimes like tomorrow. I got to fast and run because it's going to rain after 3 or 4 p.m. So I got to, you know, get to the track a little earlier with Woody and you know, just depending on how I feel, I'll probably be fasting more than likely, hitting an early run, or, you know, eating my breakfast a lot earlier, and then waiting and going to a track around 11 or 12. But that's actually what's brought me to the other side of my progress, running a 7.30, and to me, still, I, I'm doing it for reps. It's absolutely astonishing work that I've done. I'm very proud of myself. I know there's a lot of people that are much faster, but I'm not looking at other people. I'm looking at myself. And that's what should always matter to you, that you're faster than your older versions, you know, that you're better than your older versions. And that's how I look at my progress. You know, rightfully so, It's gonna there's going to be a time where I'm going to be battling out, out there with other people. And that's cool, you know. But for me right now, what's most important is making sure that I beat my first time when I when I first started in February which was one hour and 56. I'm not going to say the number just yet that I have in mind. I don't want to jeopardize my number, but I'm getting ready to fight it, to really fight it and give it everything and go into the pain cave and fucking go in deep waters and go in deep waters dark and fucking running right through it. That's what I'm going to go in. You know, I'm going to go in and battle it, go to fucking war and achieve the time that I have in mind. Obviously that, takes tactic you know just like the world cup you know it takes tactic it, it it takes people that know what they're doing you know it's not just like oh go grab the ball and the team that has strategy on grabbing the ball shit 
it's game over. So you have to build strategy around that. And obviously, like I said, I'm going to continue saying it. That comes with sleeping, nutrition, resting, and all that stuff. And, you know, making sure mentally, like, hey, I want to go work out. I feel great. I didn't go 100% and my my tank is on empty. No, I have probably like 60 70% in the tank. You know, I only put like 30%. But I, I put, like, really good effort into it, you know, holding, making sure I do my abdominals, making sure I'm holding tight, you know, making sure I'm working those muscles that are very, very fundamental for my runs. Like, the main thing is core, my back, my hamstrings, not necessarily my quads, but my knees and my ankles. So, yeah, guys, I mean, what I could really advise for you to run faster is that mindset, man, that mindset, that mindset is going to get you like that discipline part, eating good food, making sure you go to sleep early. Like for me, my bedtime is around 839. I mean, a lot of people go to sleep midnight, 11, 12, 10, 10 for me is late. <laughs> so you got to make sure those things are in line because ultimately that's what's going to matter at the end of the day. And, you know, a good a, a good runner carries all that, you know, make, making sure you continue to learn, making sure you keep pushing that envelope. And next thing you know, you're going to have results. If you're struggling to get results, uh, I would highly suggest you hire a coach that knows what they're talking about. And that's what I did. I hired a coach that knew what he was doing, what he was talking about. And shit, I mean, he, he, he backed it up. Obviously with his knowledge and and my disciplines making sure that i sleep good and i feed my body what it needs to perform fuck sorry for my language but it's gonna be a fucking powerhouse welcome to athletic power all right ladies and gentlemen that's it i hope you're motivated to go run through that wall <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen i'll catch you guys later peace